We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another edition of Ivy Nation Sports Talk. I'm Vince D'Addario. That guy right there is Jesse Styers. That is not Sean Styers. Doth your eyes not deceive you. Sean Styers is on <laughs> vacation. He's a couple time zones away from where Jesse and I are at the moment because Jesse's in town. Jesse is in town. You can tell if you are a frequent watcher of Ivy Nation Sports <laughs> Talk, you'll notice. Sitting at the throne. You're sitting at the throne, man. You are in the catbird seat, buddy. You should be running this stuff because you are in the seat of power, man. But uh, <laughs> Jess, how's it feel to be back in, in the bend? Um, For the about hour I've been here, it's uh, been pretty much the same. I felt like it was hot, a little humid, a little yeah. stuffy when I got out of the car. Um, But it's always nice to come back to the parents' house. Plus... They're not here. They left yeah. me a bunch of stuff to make my stay nice, so I, I can't <laughs> complain. I just need to work, you know? Yeah, good point, and it's going to be – you picked a good few days to be here because it's going to be a hot one this week. It's going to be yeah. like mid-90s, you know, heat index over 100. Like, welcome to Northern Indiana in July. It's awesome. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so I'm uh, excited for, you know, obviously practice starting up this week, Notre Dame practice, and then um, I'm going to see, I haven't made any reach outs yet, but I might try to swing over to Adams and see what uh, Mr. Frankie's got going on, see if I can stop by practice for a little bit. I haven't been back to an Adams football practice and I don't know how long, so it'd be nice just to see what's going on. I'm sure Frankie wouldn't mind at all either. Yeah, in case anybody has any idea what he's talking about, Frankie Karcheski is the new head – well, new. This is his second year as head coach at Jesse's alma mater, and I coached both Jesse and Frankie when they were in – when they went to school there. And so it's uh, – and there's people on his staff that that I coached with and that Jesse played with. And so it's uh, – we, we wish him all the success in the world, man, because that's – that's fun. It's an that's, era, that's you know, that was an Adams yes. era. And Frankie, yes. Frankie, it's is only a year older than me. So it's kind right. of uh kind of crazy to think about. I know, right? Of course, that all blurs together for me. You guys are all the same age in my mind. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh today is kind of the like the reason we're doing this topic, right? So we're we're talking about we're gonna wrap up the offseason and, and the kind of crazy offseason that has been for Notre Dame and uh you know, the offseason to me started pretty much after the bowl game, more or less, yeah. right? Until now. that portal opens up, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And so spring is considered offseason because it's kind of the start of the next season. And tomorrow, all of our shows are going to be pointed towards fall camp and everything that is going to happen there and our predictions and all that fun stuff. So you got that look to look forward to tomorrow night. Jess and I are going to kind of throw down what we think is going to happen in fall camp and our predictions for the season, all that fun stuff. And then Wednesday, we're going to talk about actual practice, which mind blown, it's here and uh, really looking forward to it. So today we're going to talk about the off season and people in the chat were all like, you know, it's still the off season. Well, today's kind of the last day of the off season. So we're going to, we're going to jump into this thing. Isn't the, I like the, someone said this and I've heard this, before um doesn't the isn't the season the off season vince because <laughs> by the time you get to the season that should be the easy part right like that's you've gone through the rehearsals the practices right? and showing up and playing that's kind of the fun part right like that's cashing in on your your hard work getting that paycheck essentially and getting you know rewarding that hard work because <laughs> this yeah. these next few weeks as fun it is as it is for us fans it is not nearly as fun uh, for players with the the hot practices, yeah. it's, you know, it's just intense. Like this is this is where it gets turned up another another notch. Like right here, right now, this is we're right on kind of like that cups cusp. 
Well, and I'll tell you what, it, it's – I always had a hard time when I was coaching high school ball is we basically have two weeks before we get to hit somebody else, you know, uh, before we had the big scrimmage, and then three weeks before an actual game. Notre Dame goes a full month before yeah. they're going to do anything, and then they got to go overseas to do it, and they're going to be doing it a week ahead of everybody else. So uh, hard to fathom – having four straight weeks of just fall camp and practice without it anything makes this to pay job off. a little bit easier right there's always something to talk about yeah well that's a very good point and we are going to get uh, a bunch of access this year and so we're gonna have a lot to talk about but before we get to all of that let's talk about the off season and I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it to you first you give me your first off season topic that you want to talk about and we'll jump right in Oh, this is this is an easy one, Vince. This is this is the topic that is going to dictate this entire season, right? Sam Hartman was the decision Absolutely. worth it. Um, is he going to take Notre Dame to that next level? You know, is is he going to get them in back into the playoffs this year? Um, and obviously, you know what that looks like, kind of, you know, the the pros and cons of long term and short term that come with you know taking on Sam Hartman and giving him the keys to your offense. And I think when you, when you talk about Sam Hartman, you also have to talk about, you know, everything else around him offensively, new quarterback coach, new offensive coordinator. Um, I got some guys stepping into some positions, a lot of young wide receivers that, you know, have to have to show themselves. I think the only consistent thing uh, on the offense, at least in my mind is the offensive line and the running back room. I think those are the two consistent things I feel the best about right now. And it's not to say I don't feel good about Sam Hartman. It's just I won't know about Sam Hartman until I see him in a game actually throwing the ball, calling the offense, <laughs> leading the offense down the field, etc. But, again, it, it to me the season boils down to how far is Sam Hartman going to take them or how – or maybe are they going to have shortcomings because of Sam Hartman. Sure. But I, I think majority of the load – is going to be on Sam Hartman's shoulders. And that, that's just the nature of being a college quarterback. You're the most important position on the field. And if you have an outstanding quarterback, that overcomes a lot of deficiencies that teams can have. Um, so, yeah, I am very excited for what the Sam Hartman offense is going to look like. You know, sure. I, I seeing the ball thrown downfield, I think is something, especially at the college level, that every fan wants to see. You want to see, you know, the deep ball downfield, the home run hitting balls. And that's, you know, when's the last time Notre Dame had a quarterback that could really provide that deep ball? Like Ian Book wasn't a deep ball quarterback, right? I think the last time you could say someone that had a real legit arm was Deshaun Kaiser. Sure. And that was fun to watch. Like you got to see Will Fuller use his speed to tear up downfield. Good wide receivers. Deshaun Kaiser had a really big arm. You pair you know, what Sam Hartman's gotten a big arm and, and the ability to throw the ball and combine that with a really good offensive line, a really good dynamic running back room. I think Notre Dame, what's most exciting to me is Notre Dame is going to, they're going to, I, I think, kind of methodically pick and choose how they want to tear you apart. Are they going to start with the sure. pass and, and then ease into the run game? Are they going to start, you know, run heavy and let that open up their pass game? Whatever that formula is going to look like, I, I just think that they have all of the, the variables in the equation to make it work. It's just kind of tinkering with them, you know, depending game by game. So let me ask you this. I'm going to take you back to January 5th and, and maybe even a few days before that, because it was kind of, you know, we were, we got whispers that this was going to happen and that, that, that Sam Hartman was going to commit to Notre Dame and all these different things. And of course he waited until after the bowl game 
Uh, and obviously a few days after he waited till after his bowl game and after Notre Dame's as well. Uh, if I remember my math correctly or my calendar, but January 5th is when he actually committed officially to Notre Dame. What were your initial thoughts on Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame? Did you believe it at first? Do you, did you think it was a good fit before you kind of dove into who he was as a quarterback? Like all, all of that, like what were your thoughts on Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame? You know, when I, to be honest with you, Vince, I was uh, not shocked, but a little bit surprised because Notre Dame to me isn't the premier quarterback destination. And so when it was, you know, Sam Hartman was basically put his his cap or hat in the portal um, and said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to, you know, go somewhere for one more year. I, I thought, yeah, well, like, great. Notre Dame needs a quarterback, right? That's kind of like the missing piece right now. I don't think Buckner... Buckner wasn't there yet. Obviously, he came off a season where he was injured, didn't get to play a lot of games. I didn't think Pine was the answer either. He was a good fill-in, right? Like, he was a good sure. filler. He got the sure. job done. He did what he was asked to do. But, again, it, we Notre Dame just didn't have a quarterback on paper that was going to put you over the top or, you know, create separation, essentially. And I want to – you know, me, my personal hypothesis – is after that USC game, Notre Dame had to look in the mirror and say, you know, this this is kind of what we're missing, right? Like Caleb Williams is what won them that game. And in and, and a big-time game, you know, looking at the upcoming schedule with Ohio State, Clemson, um, USC, Notre Dame needed a quarterback to separate themselves. Notre Dame needed a quarterback to, to take them over the hump and potentially, you know, win these bigger games because last year – that was the issue. They won one of the big games, right? They lost to Ohio State and USC, and they beat Clemson. Well, that that wasn't good enough. I think personally, at worst, you can you can go two and one in those games, right? Like obviously, you want to go three and zero, oh, but realistically, two and one, you know, you you kind of survive and and hope that that's your one loss, and that that one loss does well. But I, I was surprised that Sam Hartman decided to come here, and then immediately afterwards, it, you know, things started to look good, started to look good. And then Tommy Reese decides to leave. And, you know, I personally, I, I was a fan of Tommy Reese. I wouldn't say like I loved Tommy Reese. I I appreciated what Tommy Reese was. And I think he had deficiencies just like any coach out there. But I also sure. thought he was really good at some things. So um, losing him after, you know, getting Sam Hartman, like that stung a little bit to me, right? Because that had to play a factor in why Sam Hartman wanted to come here. They had already started kind of that process of, you know, what their goal or envisioning, you know, what they were looking forward to um, in this upcoming season. And then immediately you get Sam Hartman and then you lose Tommy Reese, right? Sure. And so then that, that leads into, okay, well, what, what, what's the bigger question? Having a quarterback that, you know, doesn't have an offensive coordinator or having basically a, a sub-average quarterback with Tommy Reese. You kind of have to pick and choose, you know, what you might like there. But I think Notre Dame handled it in a way where they they vetted a good offensive coordinator. But like Sam Hartman, I just it's so hard to boldly give analysis or predictions when I you just haven't seen them yet. You don't know what those, you know, two look like together. I think that I was surprised number one that they were going to bring him in I didn't know enough about Sam like what I knew about Sam Hartman going into you know the offseason before he had Notre Dame on his radar and all that I knew that he was at Wake Forest I knew that he ran a gimmicky offense and I knew that he was the quarterback from that Netflix series you know QB1 that I watched you know what I mean like that's what I knew of Sam Hartman 
always seemed like a good quarterback, a good guy. I knew he was religious. Like, okay, that all fits, you know, awesome. That's great. It was going to be interesting to see how he was going to fit in at Notre Dame, right? And I was actually pretty impressed that Tommy Reese was able to get him in and and right. get him to say Same. yes to Notre Dame, right? I mean, you know, one of the how biggest did he sell him? Absolutely. One of the biggest complaints about Tommy Reese was quarterback recruiting, right? This is quarterback recruiting, like getting convincing Sam Hartman to come to Notre Dame is quarterback recruiting in a very small in a vacuum window, right? I mean, it was it's got to be a quick pitch. It's got to be a quick sell. You got to sell him on what you are and who you are, all that stuff. And he had to sell him that he would that he, as in Tommy Reese, was going to be one of the reasons that he gets drafted into the NFL. I mean, that that surprised me that he initially said he was going to come to Notre Dame. Let me ask you this. Do you think do you think had Tommy Reese left to Alabama before Sam Hartman decided to come here, do you think that Notre Dame still could have landed? Sam Hartman with no Tommy Reese and a new it's hard to sell someone on a fresh offensive coordinator sure. who's never really called an entire offense when this guy is I would say a big part of his decision is looking to the future and what's going to give him the the shot at the next level right so are you going to come to a school for a sixth year when they're transitioning right. between quarterbacks offenses etc when you're trying you know your main goal is obviously to get to the NFL I think it would have been a tougher sell. I, I do. I think it would have been a tougher sell uh, for sure. I think that they might have still been able to do it just based on, it, you know, let's let's say that, that Tommy left and Jared Parker was almost immediately put in place as the offensive coordinator, that kind of a thing, right? Well, then I would say that they probably would have had a decent argument because Jared Parker's been there. He can talk about the personnel, he could talk about the offense that he wants to implement, how it's not going to be that much different, still going to be pro style. How he can, all of that. you know, utilize it around Sam Hartman's time. Absolutely. You bring in somebody that's completely fresh, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because they're not 100% sure who the talent is at Notre Dame and, you know, some of that. I, I think, you know, one of the main reasons that, that, you know, Sam Hartman ended up at Notre Dame is because of Tommy Reese. And I think a lot of people... Yeah. A lot of people forget that, or they don't want like to remember Tommy Reese's that way. parting gift. If you ask yeah, me, like. right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's why that's why people were worried that when Tommy Reese left, that Sam Hartman was going to leave with him, right? I mean, I mean, kind of logically, you could see the path. I don't know the legalities of all of that since he was already enrolled at Notre Dame. You know, all of those different. I don't know the answer to that, and I, I'll be the first one to admit it. But there's a reason that he put out that video of him lifting in the Goog shortly after Tommy said he was going to leave, right? Like it's that, Hey, I'm still here. I'm putting in the work. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame guy. Like that's, that's why he put that video out. Right. And so that was obviously good news uh, for Notre Dame fans and et cetera. But like, let's talk about this, this Sam Hartman thing. Sam Hartman has taken this team to another level that, or at least we think that he's going to take this team to another level. He's got he's got the pieces around him. We I think we can all agree on that. It's a loaded running back room. We think the offensive line is going to be just as good, if not better than last year, potentially depending on who wins the two guard spots. Right? We right. think that the 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 wide receiver room has a depth of talent. They have to prove it obviously at the collegiate level overall, but they have a depth of talent that with a really good quarterback 
can bring them right along. You know, Mitchell Evans at tight end, I think, is much better than a lot of people give him credit for just because his name isn't Michael Mayer. I think he's still <laughs> going to have a lot of success, right? Yeah, it's pretty tough when you get behind an All-American first-round draft pick. Or, oh, sorry, for he, sure. He, he fell to the second. But anyways. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, the biggest knock that I can find with Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame from people out there, right, is that well, he had all these great receivers at Wake Forest, you know, and, and all of this. But, like, I think that begs the question, Jess, does the quarterback make the receivers or do the receivers make the quarterback, right? I think more yeah. often than not, it's the quarterback that makes the receivers. Correct, especially when everyone kind of knows what you're going to do majority of the time, in my opinion, <laughs> too. At Wake Forest, they knew that that ball was moving via Sam Hartman's arm. And teams still, even though they knew that that was – coming they had a hard time stopping it and I think that is ultimately what makes Sam Hartman the most impressive in my eyes is everyone knew that Sam Hartman had to beat them if Wake Forest was going to win the the entire he shouldered the entire load offensively um and he still made it happen right like he still and then you 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 think about him coming to Notre Dame and you upgrade that at running back talent wide receiver talent offensive line talent He's not going to be asked to throw in the same amount of volume because they're going to work in a run game that's Absolutely. going to open up even more, you know, bigger plays, passing games. So it's like that's that's the exciting part to me. And I, I just the people, you know, people who have their doubts about Sam Hartman, I totally understand it. But when you look at what he did at Wake Forest, given, you know, the, the variables around him and that now the variables are better um, here at Notre Dame, I, I just think he's going to have a tremendous year and it's it's just it's so hard for me to not to not think that way because you know that for me you know people are like oh you know you're just it's it's kind of what you're expected to do right as a fan like you believe in the best of whatever your team is going to do but like I genuinely genuinely believe that Sam Hartman is a very good quarterback is going to have a very good year and I Mm -hmm. think he's going to be drafted ultimately by you know this time next year he's going to be on an NFL roster somewhere so I just think the talent is there and, you know, this was the missing piece, the last missing piece, you know, the biggest piece to Notre Dame's kind of puzzle at the moment. So if we're talking headlines for the off season and we can obviously talk about Sam Hartman and what he's going to potentially do, and that'll kind of be a little bit more tomorrow about what he will do for Notre Dame, but what he did do in the off season is he changed every, not changed everybody's mind, but made everybody a lot more confident in what this offense could be. And it's nothing against, Steve Angeli, you know, Kenny Minchie, whatever, like that, that has nothing to do with it. it. It just has to do with the fact that Sam Hartman is here. He's a six-year quarterback. He literally has more experience than any other quarterback in the country, and he's on Notre Dame's roster, which is huge. I would say the second biggest headline of the offseason is the fact that Tommy Reese is now wearing different colors. And yeah. we kind of touched Not on only that, different right? Different colors, but like big time different colors. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to pull up this comment from our buddy Salty. Uh, He says, I'm more (laughs) interested in the opposite question. If an elite quarterback put their faith in you and transferred to your school for his last year, would you leave for another job? And I get it. I understand where Salty is coming from. But you also have to understand that when Nick Saban calls you on the phone and wants to talk to you about a job, you listen. And I mean, not only that, but I mean, he's giving you the keys to the offense, right? Absolutely. And you have to look at it too. I mean, (laughs) 
Tommy Reese is 31 years old getting called by Nick Saban to come down there right. and run his offense, right? Like, and you got to also look at the track record of offensive coordinators that come out from underneath Nick Saban, right? Like, it's basically right. a after you're done with Nick Saban, you can practically kind of get, you know, whatever, whatever you, your next move is or your, you know, what, what you want your next big step to be. Nick Saban more than likely is, is going to help you get to there. So that's, that to me was the overriding factor for Tommy Reese's. I think he wants to be back in the NFL. Um, and I think this is what he wants to do to prove on a bigger, bigger stage sure. um, that he can, that he can do it. Right. And that his game can translate over to the NFL. Uh, that to me is Tommy Reese's end game. I have no ill will towards Tommy Reese in any way, shape or form. And if you remove yourself from Notre Dame fandom, and like the Notre Dame bubble, if you compare the offensive coordinator position to the at Notre Dame versus the offensive coordinator position at Alabama, I, I'm sorry, he he it was a step up for him. It was a step up in job. I mean, and and I don't mean to you know belittle anybody else's opinion that's going to be in the chat or any of that, but it is. I mean, that's just a fact, right? I mean, yeah. like you said, the lineage of offensive coordinators at Alabama. It's a little different than the lineage of offensive coordinators <laughs> at Notre Dame, right? It's I mean, just how the programs are run, though. It's not like you said; it's right. no belittling to anyone else. It's just different programs are, are run right. different ways, right? Right, absolutely. And and you have an opportunity to learn under the tutelage of Nick Saban as a head coach, right? I mean, it's just look. I I have no ill will towards Tom Reese, and I've said this before. I hope that he has all the success in the world as long as it's not running over Notre Dame in the process to do it. You know what I mean? Like I don't want Notre Dame to be a speed bump on Alabama's success chain train of 2023 of like winning the national championship or, you know, Tyler Buckner winning the Heisman trophy or something Oof. crazy like that. That'd like, be the craziest worst scenarios. If like two years from now, Alabama wins the national championship led by like Buckner who wins the Heisman, right? As like, long as it's not be... against Notre Dame, I don't really, <laughs> it gets fine. Like, go ahead. Like I would, <laughs> I would take that over LSU winning a national championship all day long. Every yeah, day I would do that. I would say the same thing. Yeah. So I, I have no ill will towards Tommy Reese. I would say the next sub headline of the offseason was the offensive coordinator search Correct. For, for Notre Dame and how that all went down once Tommy Reese said that he was going to Alabama because that was yeah. that was nuts frankly. So yeah I mean obviously the big headline in that situation is who who's who in the zoo like who who are you trusting <laughs> right like who's who are you listening to at the end of the day you're listening to Jack Schwarberg and his monologue of why Notre Dame didn't, you know, take the cheap route or the alternate route and that, you know, Gino was the ultimate person at the end of the day and that the discrepancies weren't on Notre Dame's side. It was on the sure. other side of the table when it came to the um, Utah or was it Utah, right? Yeah, the Utah offensive yeah. coordinator. Yep. And so it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, obviously everyone's going to put a smile on their face and say, we got the guy we wanted. This is exactly what we wanted. But that just simply wasn't the case. There was a lot of bumps. There was lots of ups and downs. There was a lot of, you know, this person saying this, that person saying that kind of contradicting each other. And I think the thing at the, the end of the day that's most important is that Marcus Freeman is comfortable with who is running his offense at the end of the day. And I think that he has comfort and belief and trust in Gino 
And that's enough for me because I've bought into Marcus Freeman as a whole. I think this sure. is the the most exciting and promising coach that I have seen in my lifetime, at least. Um, and I know it's only been one year and it was an eight and four year. And But I, I just think in terms of if Notre Dame wants the, the best opportunity to, to get back to a national championship game and actually win a national championship game, someone like Marcus Freeman is the guy. And I trust who he's going to put together um, with his staff. And I think the flip side of that coin is it's all on Marcus Freeman now. This sure. is he has more of, you know, when he came here, he acquired a lot of pieces. At this point, he's kind of, you know, offloaded and put together, hand selected the pieces that he wants now. So I think we're going to see the truest form of Marcus Freeman. And that's an extension through, you know, Geno Parker to get back to the original question. Um, yeah. So I, I just think that ultimately I trust in what they did at offensive coordinator because I trust Marcus Freeman. No, absolutely. And I, I just think that it ended up being just a PR nightmare, essentially. I mean, it, just from the, the he said, she said as to who did what and who knew what and, you know, who knew what the buyout was, who didn't know what the buyout was, you know, all, all, all of those different things, right? Like that was, it was embarrassing, frankly. It was embarrassing is what it ended up being. And, and then the letter to, that got sent out to everybody like that, just the whole situation was just a cluster. And right. it wasn't a good look. I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't a good look. Now, at the end of the day, Having Jared Parker as your offensive coordinator, I think Notre Dame's going to be just fine, if not super successful offensively. And as a Notre Dame fan, that's what you want at the end of the day is for Notre Dame to be successful and put up points, right? And I think they're going to do that. I really do. And so would I have been happy with the Utah offensive coordinator? Sure. I think he would have been a good fit at Notre Dame, if I'm being honest, right? Right. And the way it all went down, if that all went down behind closed doors, Jess, and we didn't see him at the hockey game and you know that's the thing all, is he was like, on display yes exactly it was just he handled was very poorly. in front of everyone yes i mean they went to the hockey game for a reason right I mean, they wanted to it be was seen pretty much supposed to be a done deal at that point correct yes so look it was a bad look but at the end of the day i think they got a guy who knows what he's doing offensively uh, based on the conversations that i have had with people who have had conversations with him. Okay. I think he knows what he wants to get out of this offense. I think he understands the skill set of the offensive players. I think he understands what, what, you know, Sam Hartman can do. I think he understands what Marcus Freeman wants him to do, right. What he wants this offense to look like ideally. Right. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think the scoreboard in Notre Dame stadium is going to be, you know, like it's just going to be bing the bing the bing the bing like yeah, just, I, just I don't numbers. Think Jared Parker and the, the combination of Jared Parker and Marcus Truman, they're going to cut the ball loose and they're not going to care anymore about hurting people's feelings. You know, Brian Kelly had a yep. had a, a way of easing up towards the end. I, you're not going to see that mentality anymore. It's I think it's going to be complete domination from start to finish. Um, and I, I think another thing that makes me really excited about Jared Parker compared to this guy at Utah is you know Jared Parker's still trying to prove himself right? Like sure. he hasn't done it as a full-time offensive coordinator. He's bounced around. He was an interim head coach. He got to, you know, be the offensive coordinator, right? Like he was splitting time with another guy. It really wasn't right. his offense. Yeah. That was a disaster. You know what I mean? Just there's, I, I think Jared Parker is hungry 
and determined to prove himself at the same time. Right. Like, but I don't think that's going to like blind him to everything else that's going on. But that is again, something that excites me because, you know, a hungrier wolf is going to hunt harder. Right. Sure, He's hungry. Yeah. And I think I like that's, that that applies to someone like Jared Parker. Like, He's still hungry to prove himself. He hasn't had the opportunity to be the full in charge of an offense. And I think that is something, you know, and listening to him, the way he speaks, um, very similar to, you know, to Marcus Freeman, just their mentality, how they approach things. I just think that we, that we as fans should be very excited for the opportunity to get, you know, someone like Jared Parker and watch him grow as he, you know, continues right. to lead this offense in the upcoming years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jared Parker gets installed as the offensive coordinator. We move into spring practice. Ooh, oh, I wanted I wanted to add one more subtopic. It. I, it, it just came to me. I think the last big one, and this comes with, you know, we've talked about Sam Hartman. We've talked about uh, Jared Parker. Um, and I, I think that the another thing that kind of comes with this is the departures, right? The people sure. who left in the transfer portal. I think that's. Another big one, just because you yeah. probably if you said at the end of the season that, you know, Lorenzo Styles um, and then who is the, oh, Logan, Diggs. the R- Logan Diggs, a guy who saw a lot of time, you know, running the ball last year. If you told sure. me at the end of the season, hey, and, and, you know, there's more people. But to me, those are like the premier kind of headline names. Those sure. are the guys who are, you know, like Lorenzo Styles, I'm pretty sure was like a five star, if not close to a, a five star recruit. Logan Diggs, another big recruit, you know, that got poached out of SEC country, et cetera. I, I just think that's another kind of, you know, subtopic. It, it's not good to lose players. Um, but Lorenzo Styles was obviously struggling. You know, there was conversations yeah. of, is he going to switch over to defense to provide depth at corner? Was he too far in his head on offense? Just thinking about too many things. So I'm not going to say I'm okay with losing Lorenzo Styles, but it's it's not the end of the world right and sure. then you start looking at logan Diggs. it's like again yeah he he saw time last year but he also saw time probably due to you know a couple of injuries that that kind of you know were ahead of him and now you look at the running back room you got jabron Payne, audrick estime you know jordan love there's just so much depth in the running back room um pain as well and it's like it's again, like, again, you don't want to lose someone, but they lost people in positions where I consider there, there to be a decent amount of depth. The only thing at the wide receiver position is that styles probably had some of your most in-game uh, experience, right? There's like a sure. lot of these wide receivers are a little bit younger. 
Um, not really proven yet. But yeah, when I think of guys leaving this offseason, I think of Diggs um, and Styles. And again, those are it's just another kind of topic I think in every offseason is guys are going to leave just like, you know, Notre Dame landed star Sam Hartman. You kind of the, the input and output kind of usually equal each other. You gain a couple pieces and then you lose a couple pieces as well. Sure. No, I, absolutely. And I think it, you know, the, the departure of Logan Diggs, for example, I think opens up, you know, question mark going into spring and then obviously translating into fall. And we're going to talk about those tomorrow, but like who's going to take over those reps as the second running back. Right. Right. Is, is have it, you heard is, my theory on that? I have not. <laughs> you got a theory, huh? Yeah, I got a theory. So I think Audric Estime is going to get at minimum 50% of the snap share, like okay. no matter what. Sure. He's, um, the, he's the one, he's the, the one, no doubt. Right. And then I think after that, you're going to, there's going to be a fight. I, I think it's going to be, Pretty much like those guys to start, it's going to be like, you know, like, like I said, estimate gets 50%. The remaining two guys are going to get about 25%, I think each. And then whoever takes the most out of that opportunity is going to be the guy that, you know, maybe sometimes that's 30, 20, maybe sometimes that's 40, 10. Sure. I, I think the consistent denominator, common denominator is Audric estimate is going to get at least that, that big majority, 50% of the workload just about every game. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he takes to that role because he didn't have that role last year, right? And so, you yeah, know, he's the main guy this year, right? He was the closer last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean right? I mean, he was the, he's the guy that would come in and just punish you for continuing fun. to play in the second half. Like, and let me tell you, as a linebacker, <laughs> when you got a fresh, big running back coming in like that, just running downhill, not yeah. fun. Exactly. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, it, and it's so there's going to be a transition for him, of course. And then what does it look like behind him? Is it going to be Jadarian Price? Is it going to be Jabron Payne? Is it going to, is Jeremiah Love going to be able to step up as a true freshman? Like those, those are the fun questions that we get the to Penn kind of State figure transfer. out. Right. Exactly. Devin Ford, I believe is his name. Yeah, so, Devin yeah. Ford. So like, what is, what is it going to look like behind Audric Estime? Uh, I, I, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow, but it opens up these competitions for these younger guys that are super talented. It opens up the offense too, because I mean, think about, think about having a running game and then also being like, okay, well we have more of a, maybe, you know, awesome. Yeah. Audric estimate is our heavy hitter. And then maybe we want to get a little bit more, you know, kind of finesse speed. And then you kind of go to, you know, now, now we're, we're talking about how we want to attack you in a run game because we have different pieces that allow us to kind of, you know, it. there's a way you can run the ball multiple different ways, right? There's sure. different styles of running. And I think that is what's interesting now is Notre Dame has opened up different avenues for how they might want to attack you in the run game overall. And I thought another thing that was kind of brought up that I think speaks to Notre Dame's depth is if these guys are leaving, they obviously feel the pressure behind them in the depth chart right and they they see what's incoming so you know at the end of the day to me when these guys leave again it's not you don't want to see see people leave but to me you're kind of you're, you're kind of flushing out the crap you know you're getting out you're, you're cutting off that dead weight and you're almost upgrading at these positions because again you don't leave a, a situation where you're maybe the the backup you know like Diggs case the backup fighting right. for the number one spot if you're not, you know, feeling these young, younger guys with some fresher legs behind you, sure. you know, kind of breathing down your neck a little bit. So I think ultimately that speaks to the depth that Notre Dame uh, is is getting to. And that's that's because of Marcus Freeman. And that's I said it earlier. Marcus Freeman gives this team the best chance because we're, we're going to see 
a type of player or a level of player that we haven't seen at Notre Dame in a while that brings them kind of back up a tier, right? Like sure. I think they were down here compared to like the Alabamas and the Clemsons, the last Ohio States of the last 10 years. But I think slowly they're starting to, to get their way up in, in that tier. And that's just because of the level of players that Marcus Freeman's getting here. Absolutely. And, and that's a beautiful transition right there because the recruiting that has taken place since the end of the season until now has been pretty stinking good. Yes, there have yeah, been and it was punctuated just yesterday. Yes, it was. <laughs> no doubt about it. They pretty much closed out the defensive recruiting uh, with the exception of maybe a flip here or a flip there. We can all hope and dream that that takes place. But uh, defensive recruiting is pretty much in the books uh, as of yesterday evening about what, they might have the best linebacker core in the country at this <gasps> well, point. That's their third year in a row that they've had an elite linebacking recruiting class. Right. I mean, right? I mean, they're going to be <laughs> so incredibly deep at linebacker. They're going to be incredibly something. fast at linebacker, yes. athletic, dynamic at linebacker. It is going to be pretty scary to see. Yes. No, there's no doubt about it. So, I mean, the recruiting has been off the charts. The the offensive recruiting class in 24 is arguably, you know, the best offensive recruiting class since Charlie Weiss when, when he was, you know, bringing in these stud offensive guys. And then a, <laughs> that was like, the for, only good thing about the Charlie right. Weiss era is like and then just forgetting just like, the defense existed. Yeah, like that's like kinda... this incredible NFL style offense. And then just being <laughs> like, ah, you know, defense. That's all yeah. right. It reminds me of a good, uh, a good, not good friend, but a, a coach around here, Antoine. Uh, that reminds me of his mm. philosophy: just mm. <laughs> no defense, but all See him every day. See him every day. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I mean, this was this was one heck of an offensive class, and the defense defensive class isn't far off. And if they can flip one or two of the kids that they're looking to flip, this all of a sudden this class just absolutely takes off and and is unbelievable on both sides of the ball. So, I mean. Look, recruiting has been fantastic. I'm very excited. If you watch the show this afternoon, we talked about 25 linebackers. Jesse, we're talking about kids that just finished their sophomore year of high school. Okay. Uh, The 25 class is absolutely loaded. And so, you know, they're looking at putting together back to back to back classes that are really, really, really good. And they're just stacking talent after talent. And the arguments and the debates are going to end up being a lot of fun moving forward as to who's going to get the snaps. I mean, special teams, how dynamic that's going to be because you're going to have these stud young kids. You don't have to put starters on special teams because you got these studs waiting in the wings from these elite recruiting classes. I mean, you know, Mark, Marty Biaggi is just like sitting back like, okay, who are we recruiting now? Because <laughs> they can't all play. So that means right. I'm going to be getting all kinds of guys. So the recruiting has been very, very good. Yes, they've missed a guy here or a guy there. I get it. People get upset about it. Happens it. every year, though. Exactly. It, when you when you go big fishing, you're, you're not going to get everybody. That's just the way it goes, right? Right. But man, they got some. They got some pretty darn good kids in this class moving forward. Well, you know what? Another thing too, Vince, is even if these guys aren't playing, they're on practice squads pushing the starters. They're making mm-hmm. the starters better by just. You know, by by it's it's like I, I can't remember who it was, but the wide receivers were talking about you know having to go up against Benjamin Morrison in practice. I mean, that's that's it right there. When you have talent, no matter if they're you know one through four on the depth chart, they're still contributing at practice and they're still right. pushing people to be better because every freshman wants to prove that they can play, 
Absolutely. every older guy wants to show that, you know, he can still do it. Well, how do you do that? You continue to beat, you know, these young guys that are pushing you in practice. So it's just going to, it's iron sharpens iron at that point. You know, everyone's Absolutely. getting better. It's not a, it's, it's a win, 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 win situation. And then if the young guys become good enough, they start flying around on special teams. They get their opportunities and, you know, specific packages on offense and defense. And then, you know, we start seeing them more and more. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And, and uh, I, there's no negative to bringing in elite classes. I mean, there, there's just not because it just adds to the depth, obviously position by position, and then also to the special teams. And then you don't have to have, you know, a bunch of starters on special teams either, but you're not compromising the talent on special teams by not having the starters on, you know what I mean? So again, it's, it's win-win across the board. It's exciting to see Marcus Freeman on the recruiting trail and doing everything that he's doing. And he's bringing the staff along with him. Now, are there guys on the staff that can do a better job? Of course, it's always going to be the case. You're not going to have a plus recruiters at every position. That's just not realistic. Right? Whoa. So it's exciting to me to see where things are headed, you know, with the recruiting and where things are at. It's, it's, this is a very, very good thing uh, when we're talking about the offseason. It's going to continue going into the season as well because they're going to be bringing 25 kids on campus. You know, there's going to be a couple of 24 kids that need to make some official visits, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, things are going to keep going from a recruiting standpoint, but this offseason was pretty good to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Agree. So let's let's wrap up this segment of things. Let's talk about this New York city press tour that, that Notre Dame went on. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. I'm sure you and Sean have touched on it, but it's very interesting. I, I would say that it was a great brainchild of whoever came up with this to do this little press tour right in the middle of all the different sec media days, the ACC media days, like big 12, all of these different things, right? Notre Dame's like, yeah, we're going to hold our own media day and we're just going to go, and barnstorm New York City. So I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to have to maybe give me a little more details. Of, <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I I know like what you kind of just talked about. Like they, they I don't, but I don't know maybe more of like the, the intricates or the details of kind of what all they did in New York. Like if they moved around, if they were doing this and that. Um, so yeah, if you could just give yeah, me a little so bit more of that. Marcus Freeman threw out the first pitch at the Mets game. Oh, right? I didn't even see that. Yeah, so Marcus <laughs> Freeman threw out the first pitch, and they were all there, and they're like posing for pictures with Kate Upton, you know, who's obviously oh, wow. married to Justin Verlander, who right. you know, that whole thing, right? So they did that. They they did kind of a, a blitz through all the TV shows that are there. So they were on Good Morning Football, they were on ESPN. Um, you know, they were they were just doing all of the different media that you can do in New York as Notre Dame people. You know what I mean? Like there's not I guess my point is there's not many schools out there that can take their starting tackles, their starting running back, their starting quarterback and their head coach and just get on whatever show they want to be on in New York City and throw out a pitch at a major league baseball stadium that is, you know, what? 1500 miles away to where you are at all. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like 1500 miles away from your school. And he's getting a huge ovation when he, when Marcus room gets announced, throws out the first pitch, you know, all of that. So like only Notre Dame can do this. That's all I'm saying. Only Notre Dame can do this kind of a thing. 
Well, yeah, I, I, if, if you want my honest and blunt answer about this, this is why Notre Dame will always remain independent because they can do exactly. these things. They they don't have to abide by anyone else. SEC has a media day. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. You guys got to <laughs> go, you know, to wherever you're going. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll go to New York this year. That sounds pretty fun. We'll throw out the first pitch at, you know, the Mets game. We'll go on all these different, you know, nationally – broadcasted tv you know where a lot of people are watching you know early morning segments people you know that's where a lot of people get their news and sports in the morning when they get ready for work driving to work etc and so again it's it's notre dame can do these things because they're notre dame they have built and established their presence nationally this is why they play on nbc every home game across the country on everyone's tv and it's why that they can successfully pull this off is because they have enough clout or attention or, you know, polarizing effects on the rest of the country. Like I, it doesn't even have to be New York. Like they could go to pretty much, I'd say any big city, Chicago, New York, Mm -hmm. LA, and they would have the same results. And again, it's because they're independent and people ask, why is Notre Dame independent? Because Notre Dame can do what they want. They will make their own rules and they'll continue to have, you know, their national presence and, when that is shown or proven to me by being able to do something like this in New York, like they didn't, they didn't lose stride. Right. Like it it looks like something that they've done year in and year out. Right. And they just stole the headlines, which is exactly what you want to do when you've got all these conference media days and, and you know, the benefits, the benefits quote unquote of being in a conference, you get these media days, you get to get up in front of everybody. Notre Dame doesn't need that. They're like, Hey, you know what? This is our media day. Follow us. It's like right. the Pied Piper, you know, and then everybody. It's a lot follow. easier to focus on one team compared yeah. to ten or twelve when you have to talk about an entire conference, you know, showing up for one day essentially. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, very busy off season for Notre Dame. We could have uh, parlayed this into a week's worth of shows just like picking one off season topic <laughs> per day, and we probably right. would have been fine. But I figured today was a good day to kind of wrap up the off season. Be- yeah, absolutely. Because we're gonna. We're going to jump in tomorrow, like I said, uh, into our thoughts about fall camp and what we think is going to take place during fall camp. Some some winners maybe of some, some bold, position battles, yeah, some bold some predictions. Bold yes, exactly. Like that's what we're going to we're not going to do our season predictions. We're not ready for that yet. I think that's going to come after fall camp, probably right before, you know, the Navy game, things like that. But we are going to give our bold predictions about what happens during fall camp. So we'll. Have some. We're gonna have some fun tomorrow, Jess. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So that's gonna do it for this part of uh, IB Nation Sports Talk. Make sure you uh, share. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button, and make sure you hit that notification bell. Send it to all your friends in your group chat. Send it to your Absolutely. moms, your dads, your grannies, your grandpas. You know, it doesn't hurt. Even if people click it and say, "Hey, we hate this," at least they clicked it. Exactly. At least they downloaded it. That's all I they care gave about. Me to try. That's all I care about because that equals <laughs> pennies in my bank account. Okay, so let's do it. No, I'm, I'm joking, but get get us out there. I, I was I told the story earlier today. I was talking to an assistant coach at Notre Dame who was a non football coach, and we were talking about uh, my summer job, which you are well aware of, Jesse, since you used to work. That I saw. Job. Yeah, I. You know what? I was gonna <laughs> text you, but it's not safe to text and drive. And I was on the toll road today. 
and uh, I saw about three twirler vans painted. Oh. I wanted to text you. Is it that time of year, Vince? Are the, are the twirlers coming to the Joyce Center? It is. Yeah, it is. It's 100% that time of year. <laughs> I saw like a Pennsylvania license oh, plate, yeah. a Maryland license plate. I was like, I know, they're here. They yeah. show up in full force. What is it? Uh, America's year. Youth on Parade. AYOP, yeah. baby. And I was yeah. like, it is. I was like, I always felt like this one was like right at the end of July, beginning of August. So this Here makes we sense. Are. Here we are. Yep. Because we get kind of that down week at work. Uh, and we will have the down week from working, but it will be crowded as I'll get out within the Joy Center. <laughs> so uh, my favorite is all of the portable like dressing rooms that you kind of have to like weave your way through to get anywhere because they're all set up in the hallway. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then they look at you like you're the crazy one <laughs> right. trying to like get, yeah. you know. Exactly. Navigate around them. Oh, brutal. But anyway, I was talking to an assistant coach of a different sport. And uh, he's like, oh, hey, by the way, I love watching Irish Breakdown. He goes, you guys do a great job. He goes, I'm like, a, I'm a closet recruiting guy uh, for football. He goes, I love following it. I was like, that is awesome, dude. Thanks for watching. That is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for uh, making my day today. Yeah, exactly. I, after we're done, I'll tell you what sport it was. Uh, but it, I thought it was it was awesome. And he's a really good guy. So. Uh, so that's awesome. You never know who's watching, Jess. That's the that's the best part about this job. But uh, so that's going to do it for this part of the show. 